Now, your courage, Miss... Uh... Trench. Sylvia Trench. I admire your luck, Mr... Bond. James Bond. Sean Connery, we found out on Sunday, passed away at the age of 90. That's a good run, though, 90. It's a very I healthy mean, run. He was living quite a nice life down in the Caribbean when he passed away. So, much much like Ian Fleming and his James Bond character, right? He probably became James Bond in the end. This is what would have happened to James Bond had he right. survived. <laughs> Just retired in Goldeneye, yeah. For he sure. would have retired to Goldeneye, um, Ian Fleming's casino, and he would have ate fancy dinners and played golf mm. a lot. Yeah, pretty much. And that's what I read uh, Sean Connery was doing for the last 15 years. Wow, good for him, man. Good Amen. for him. But really, the reason I wanted I wanted to talk to you about Sean Connery is because thinking back on it, I honestly believe we would not be having any of these conversations were it not for the, his incredible talent and the, the character he brought to James Bond. Yeah. Although... It should be said, maybe I'm getting ahead of us. My my first experience with James Bond was, as probably a lot of guys my, my age, our age, was Goldeneye. I didn't even really know much about James Bond before Pierce Brosnan. You mean Goldeneye the game or the film? The film. Yeah, I, that was the first one I saw in theaters that I remember, but I think I watched them earlier with my father, and we yeah. certainly went back to them later. Your dad was after. a big Bond guy, but my dad was a NASCAR guy, so we didn't we didn't mm. really watch too many Bond films. Up. But I didn't see I didn't see Goldeneye with my dad. I saw it with my mom, and I think my dad became a Bond guy again because of my interest in it. Ah, fascinating. And I think my dad's a big old movie buff, so yeah. as soon as I watched Goldeneye and was like, wow, that's really awesome, and then Christmas was coming up. I was probably like 12 years old, and I was like, oh, i got to get my dad signed for Christmas, and I'm browsing around Media Play. What do we have there but some, uh, some old Sean Connery VHS? Yeah, well, the first Connery Bond film I saw was at your house, was Dr. No, with you and your dad, and probably your brother, presumably. That is one of the best. First one. So, a little, I mean, there's definitely plenty of good obituaries out there on Sean Connery that would encourage anyone listening to go go read up on, but kind of neat. I didn't know it till doing the research for this, that he was actually in the Royal Navy, so mm-hmm. nice little bit of Bond background for him. He just missed WW2. He was about 16 when he enlisted um, in the year of 1946. Uh, he also, I did not know this, he was a weightlifter. He was like a bodybuilder and competed. Well, that makes perfect sense if you look at those Dr. No photos of him in a bathing suit. <laughs> it, it is fascinating. I was just watching uh, From Russia with Love last night with Aizen because she's a huge Robert Shaw fan. So it's it was a double plus. Um, and it's funny to look at what fitness and like, you know, top tier bodybuilding looked like in, you know, 1962, 63 versus today, right? There was no Arnold Schwarzenegger influence. Dwayne Johnson, right? Dwayne the Rock Johnson versus uh, Sean Cottery. Quite yeah, a difference. I think, I think what they, um, I'm sorry, hey. the dog's hey, Carl. speaking. Can you hear him? Carl's got a lot to say about Sean Connery. He cannot let it go. He can't. He's he's freaking. He's been freaking out. Yeah. But you know, it's it's the classic, the classic problem that we face. 
you have to make something bigger and better for the next year. I mean, that's just our, our capitalism system. Like you want to sell something new, like why is someone going to come to Mr. Universe 1975 if the guys are the same size as they were in 1974? Like you need some dude yeah. who's, who's bigger, get more and more jacked up until you get to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, well, I, I mean, he, so 1950, According to Wikipedia, it says he competed in the nineteen in the Mister Universe contest. Sean Connery did, and part of the reason he dropped out is because his American counterparts, or competitors, I should say, were focused so much on the bodybuilding and would refuse to do any quote unquote athletics like uh, playing soccer, which Sean Connery was a big soccer player, um, which actually burned muscle. Right, if you don't have fat, you start to burn the muscle when you play those things. So. He kind of rejected the whole bodybuilder notion and was like, "Well, I don't, I don't agree with the premise of where this is going." I thought that. Yeah, was kind I mean, of I get that. I don't, I don't agree with the premise myself. Yeah. Who wants? I mean, that? yeah. I just switch actors for a second. I, I do know that Arnold Schwarzenegger had to lose muscle when he was Conan the Barbarian, yeah. because while they wanted that look of all muscles, he couldn't swing the sword over <laughs> his head because his muscles were getting in the way. They're like, you funny? need to lose some muscle mass, buddy, so you can move your body around like a human being. That's that's too funny, man. Um, but Sean Connery, absolutely. is it, he His body was important. He was a sex object. We can't deny that. But that's not what made it. That's not what made him special because the next guy is almost totally forgettable. And Who's he that? was also a model. <laughs> Uh, George Moore. Lazenby. Oh, George he was James. a model that was pulled out of his modeling career and thrown into a James Bond, but he just didn't have the same well charisma. Connery, um, Connery had did have the benefit of being first, um, so there is that, right? But there's only there only was an opportunity to be second because he created a legacy that was so indisputably profitable in these James Bond films that there there was an option if he had come on the scene and been garbage there would have been no there would have been no second tier james bond that's fair um i think it's kind of neat like you watch those old movies and connery i mean he looks young compared to connery you know before his passing obviously but he has like that very which i think is inherent in the bond character even in the books like he's only 32 33 when they're filming this stuff but he looks like he could be in his 40s or 50s already he's got that kind of grace of you know wisdom behind him as he's portraying that that bond character too yeah and an element of danger looks a little bit dangerous but also there's there's humor to the way he plays it and it's all in good fun well, and he doesn't and then he's it murdering someone much. yeah he kind of lets the humor speak for itself. He doesn't really lean into it too much, which I like. Yeah. When he says his corny lines, he just kind of let lets him sit there. He doesn't <laughs> doesn't doesn't drill into him too much. Um, the only Bond should be worth noting that I guess was approved by Fleming, right? He was the only Doctor No was the only film that came out during Fleming's life. Well, that's fair. I mean, I, at a certain point. Ian Fleming had sold the right, so Albert R. Broccoli was the one in charge of everything and making all the decisions. I don't know well, when that happened in Fleming's lifetime. According according to Fleming, in his uh, a quote on Wikipedia, in his critique of Connery, he says he's, quote, 
not what I envisioned of, of what James Bond looks like. Uh, I'm looking for a Commander Bond and not an overgrown stuntman. <laughs> he wanted the Aqualine good looks of, of Commander Strangways. Uh, of, of Hoagie Carmichael, right? That's he wanted they... the looks that would be appropriate on the bridge of a battleship. Which, well, in Casino Royale, he compares Bond to uh, young Hoagie Carmichael. And honestly, Connery's not that far off. So I think Fleming was being a little, uh, a little, a little salty there. Yeah, it's kind of a. I mean, that was the big thing against Daniel Craig too when he came out, um, when they when they picked him to be the next iteration. You know, everyone moaning that he isn't dark haired or I don't know it was just like he, he doesn't have the right look and I yeah. find that so frustrating that we're going to limit it has to be limited to the look I think it's so much more important to have that balance of other things and uh, you know who cares if they have to look right if they can sell that just right mix of swagger and humor and murder <laughs> And it, I, I feel like Connery came closest to it, and by no no action of his own doing this. Well, that's not true. That's not giving him enough credit. I mean, he does play the part, but few of the movie portrayals, and I think Craig included, really seem to balance the gentlemanly nature of James Bond, right? That sort of upper crest British eliteness of him and the, like, trained killer-ness of him. Well, that's the thing. Daniel Craig is straight brutal and love that about his depiction. But yeah, he nails that aspect. But but there isn't the humor of it. It's not as lighthearted. And and like Brosnan, I think, was actually the exact opposite. Like he kind of nailed the... He nailed the class. The he class, had the, swagger. the humor. But like who's going to believe that that guy's going to, you know, Judy but chop you to death? Wasn't Wasn't enough murder. Right. And Timothy Dalton was just straight murders. No, I don't. <laughs> Timothy Dalton was just so those were so campy those eighties movies. Yeah, he didn't. Timothy Dalton didn't have a chance. <laughs> and then you have Roger Moore, and Roger Moore's all swagger. He has nothing else. I would say I've been asked right when because whenever you mention that you do a James Bond podcast, people their first question is, "Well, who do you think did best in the movie?" Which it's frustrating because you have to remind him while we're reviewing the books, not the movies. But I, I've thought about it a lot, and I know he's American and might ruffle some feathers. But I think John Hamm would actually be a, a very good Bond if we're going for a look, murder, and all that kind of stuff. He might be able to pull it off. I think we're ready for uh, James Bond, like Idris Elba. Idris Elba would kill it. Yeah, he'd be able. To I think I don't him. think he. I don't know that he would get the humor. I think, I think, think he, he would. would be. He I think totally it'd be a lot. Would. I think he'd be a lot like Daniel Craig. I think he would totally get the humor, man. What has he done that's funny? Like, where is his sense of humor? Have you seen Darby O'Gill and the Little People? <laughs> no, but I have seen Luther. Okay, and, first of all, go back he... and watch Darby O'Gill. I'm not, no, not Idris Elba. I'm back on, I'm back on Sean Connery. Like, oh, his, oh. one of his early things, it's like a Disney movie. It's an incredible Disney movie about... Dude, Ireland Idris Elba did the voice to the water buffalo in uh, Zootopia. Yeah, but the the reason he did the voice of the water buffalo was because the water buffalo was like a gruff police sergeant. But there's like, a there... humor. There's a not taking oneself too seriously. Well, yeah, he was in like the that. he was in the 
the horrible movie Cats too that they just came out with a couple right. years ago. Right. Um, so he's definitely not taking himself too seriously. I'm just saying he doesn't sell it when he's not taking him too too seriously. I, I don't know if you ever watch Luther. I mean, he pretty much plays Bond in in the show Luther, and that's a pretty silly show. No, I disagree with you. I've seen Luther and I like it, but I think he's um I just think he's too gruff. I mean, not too gruff. It's definitely Daniel Craig esque. I just don't think he would get he the was same in... humor. That, you really that want John to go Connery back? Did. Um, check out a absolutely fabulous episode. There's a young Idris Elba in that. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a weird. Uh, you watch that, you're like, holy crap, that's Idris. Oh, <laughs> uh, we we popped on a few of those episodes recently. I never was a big fan of Avvab, to be honest. It, it, uh, yeah, eyes on a bigger watcher than I am. Yeah, they're 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 you know it's English humor, so you have to be un be comfortable being uncomfortable to enjoy English humor because it does make your skin crawl, and those two were quite good at making your skin crawl with embarrassment. <laughs> but back to Mr. Connery, I think it's tough to it is tough to put any other one else, anyone else who's portrayed Bond. It's just it's kind of tough to beat him, whether it's because he was first in line or what have you. But I think he he definitely nailed the dialogue, and you kind of can't hold the sort of corniness to the early '60s films against him, right? That's all production and style and a lot going but on I, in the '60s. I don't think they got corny. I don't see They're those little, films as corny until you get until you get um, Roger Moore into the picture. They're they're corny in the same way that like any film from 1962 is going to have a little bit of that, you know, through a modern day lens, cheese to it. Oh well, yeah. That's all I mean. I don't mean they're you know within their own time. I actually think they were trying to do a lot of like cool artsy stuff, right? With a lot of the, I mean, even the whole gun barrel thing and you know the intro. There's a lot of well, kind those of like, intros. I love that they ex- still exist because that was a big thing for the time period was to have musical intros like that. And they lasted because they created the, such a, with Sean Connery, they created such a wonderful framework for a film. Um, that's why I was very frustrated with the second Daniel Craig one, uh, Quantum of Solace, because they just threw away that framework and they filmed an action movie and it was garbage. And yeah. I was like, why? what did you even have 60 years of James Bond legacy for if you're just going to make this nonsense? But that's um, I, This is why it's like you kind of without sticking to Fleming's writing, it almost, it's almost not really a James Bond portrayal, you know? No, it really should be criminal to, to go off, not script, but off, um, well, what, what would you call it? The framework that yeah. they've created. You just, you just stick with the framework, man. It's, it's, it's a genre unto itself it's, that has certain conventions, and you follow those conventions because it's right. a James Bond film. Like, please, it's like, let's like, stretch it in any ways we can within those conventions. But it's a James Bond film, right? And there's a character depth to you know, authors that write literature. I'm not saying all screenwrites are this way, but you know, there's there's a difference in how they have to build their characters than what a screenwriter has to do. I, I compare it to like the first two Godfathers. You know, Mario Puzo was very heavily involved, wrote wrote the novels first. But by Godfather 3, they kind of just, you know, sort of took the name and did whatever they wanted to with those characters. So it didn't have the yeah. same kind of literary complexity that um, the first two would have had. And fell right apart. 
I think another bunch, Connery first, didn't you and I go see The Rock in the theater together? So good. <laughs> Love that movie. Let's talk yeah, about a little the bit Rock of cheese. The Rock and but... The Untouchables. Excellent Connerys. Oh, Can't yeah, forget Who's the Dog so Now, man. Yeah, he. that's what his Oscar was well, for. Well, obviously Indiana Jones, right? Can't forget that. Well, we were just watching that the other night because it's so amazing. <laughs> yeah. You you, you got to love it. But And then one of the fa- our favorites we taped off TV when I was a kid was Never Say Never Again. It was when James Bond or Sean Connery came back in the 80s after Roger yeah. Moore's run and tested the copyright validity that they held on James Bond intellectual material <laughs> um, and, and squeaked in like a, um, a non-Broccoli Productions James Bond movie. Eon Productions, you mean? E-O-N? I don't know. Whatever Albert Broccoli does is the one, the official one, or it was for 40 years. Gotcha. Well, all I want to say is Sean Connery's work is canon he was a brilliant man and i'm disappointed that he burnt out on hollywood yeah but he had a nice burnt out on hollywood but had a good what 14 years of retirement yeah his i checked on imdb his last his last um actual picture was um 2003 last time he, he filmed something when he was um, yeah. in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Well, God bless him. Not that he's here, but I guess a thank you should go out. And I think yeah, anyone who plays Bond is going to have to tip their hat to, to Connery laying that groundwork, like he said. And we'll, we'll see who can do it better. Heck yeah, I'm looking forward to the next uh, version. As um, long as they stay... As long as they, right. As long, well, as long as they keep respect the, the conventions. Respect the conventions. That gun looks more fitting for a woman. You know much about guns, Mr. Bond? No, I know a little about women. <laughs>